Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Just when we thought we can exhale, take a little bit of a breather, no problem, rest and relax. Nope, the NBA comes right back at us with all kinds of news, and I love it. We have so much to break down today, the middle of August, and we get to go over so much stuff. It is going to be great, Keith. I am pumped. Mid-August NBA news. Let's go. Yeah, it was funny just to give everybody a little peek behind the curtain. Trevor and I wrapped our last episode and we're like, all right, so we can probably start moving into a little bit more evergreen topics Mm -hmm. like team previews and uh, best deals, worst deals, things like that. And all of a sudden the NBA is like, no, you can't. (laughs) Here's, you know, six things. And just as we were putting together the show topics for the show today, it's only been what? Not even two days since we we recorded last, and it's like, here's you know eight things that happened. So we get a lot for you guys, but we'll we'll get through all of it and hopefully fairly quickly too. I don't know that it's even been a day since we since we last recorded. That is that true? That's oh right. We recorded yesterday, and it was later on in the day. Yesterday. So it hasn't <laughs> even been a full twenty four hours, and we've gotten hit by, by all this stuff. So gotta love the NBA and everything that's going on right now. Uh, look, we've got trade, we've got a trade, we've got extensions, we've got news. But I guess let's start with uh, let's start with Ben Simmons since that's been a big topic for the last few weeks. Sure, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report reporting that it is likely that uh, that Ben Simmons stays now with the 76ers. Unless a certain guy up in Portland becomes available. Yeah, and it's not C.J. McCollum. Oh, so, Blazers uh, fans, bummer. <laughs> right? <laughs> Trade machine right. fans yes. all cry and you know, pour one out uh, for the millions of Ben Simmons, C.J. McCollum trades over the years. Yeah, it sounds like unless Damian Lillard is available, it, that's, Simmons is going to stick there. So it sounds like Philly's really waiting on that one to come. Given Portland's offseason, they might not need to wait too long. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if if uh, Lillard finally says, I've had enough, and, and decides he wants to move on. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's rough to bring Simmons back, though, to, to that locker room. I just can't imagine day one of training camp, everybody's filtering in, and they're like, Ben, good to see you. you know, great to have you back. Like, I, I, I don't, don't know how that's going to go. But this is one of those things where sometimes you hear, we're not doing it unless this, and then – you know, later that afternoon yeah. or two days later, we get a, a woge bomb of, you know, Ben Simmons traded to, you know, X, Y, and Z. So, yeah, but for now, looks like he's headed back to Philly. It's a leverage play for sure. I mean, if the right offer comes along, you know that they will take it. They're not saying, no, we won't trade him or anything like that. This is them trying to say, no, sure. we're not getting the kind of offers that we want. But again, to be fair, everything we've heard about the offers that they want are completely unrealistic, that they, they want stuff that, I mean, like if you put the top, top, top guys in the NBA out on the market, maybe they're getting these kind of offers. But, you know, like four first round picks, pick swaps, young talent, all this kind of stuff that just teams aren't going to be willing to give that for for Ben Simmons. So until that that level comes down, I don't see a deal to be done. I can see my dogs walking around in the background behind us. Cameo. Um, <laughs> that she she's about to be the middle child, and she doesn't know it yet. Uh-oh. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, it's, we've been saying for a while now, Philly has to come down on their ask. Mm-hmm. Other teams will come up some, and that's when a trade will get done. Right now, Philly asking for four picks and swaps in the three years in between. That that. Sure, I mean, ask for it, but it's not not likely to to get that that far. My guess is this will probably settle around maybe two picks and a swap in between and a 
pretty decent player heads back unless it does expand into something bigger where it's uh, Damian Lillard or something like that. And if you're Portland, I, I have to wonder, do you want Ben Simmons back or do you try to rope in a third team and get uh, younger players back that you can really say, all right, because Simmons has the ability alone to kind of lift you somewhat out of being a truly terrible team. And I would guess if I was Portland, I mean, I guess you still have McCollum and Powell under contract. So you probably do want to try to salvage it. Mm-hmm. So maybe you would take Simmons back versus bottoming it out. But I, I, I don't know. It, it feels like they're kind of stuck in the middle. There's, I've got an article coming out on, on spot track pretty soon. And I have the blazers pretty high on my uh, disaster potential list. Cause it, it could go really badly for them. It, uh, the course over the course of this season. It absolutely could. It's going to be something to keep an eye on, but from a team that appears to not be making a trade to one that did Patrick Beverly, don't unpack your bags, <laughs> Pat. You're on the move again. This time headed to Minnesota in exchange for Jarrett Culver and Wancho Hernan Gomez. You know, this trade to me, the whole trade with between the Clippers and the Grizzlies, uh, sending out Eric Bledsoe, it makes even more sense now to me from the Grizzlies perspective that you're bringing mm-hmm. in a young kind of second draft type guy in Jarrett Culver, which I think fits the timeline a bit better for this Grizzlies team. Even if Patrick Beverly's kind of grit and grind mentality would fit Memphis, I think this makes the deal make even more sense from the Grizzlies perspective. Now the older dog is hanging out back there. So <laughs> I get dogs everywhere here in the Smith house. Um, yeah, I think this trade makes sense for both teams. Mm-hmm. And I think it actually makes more sense than the previous trade did uh, between Memphis and the Clippers. Uh, I think w- with this one, it is Minnesota after trading Ricky Rubio. They needed another guard, another kind of more of a pure point guard at least someone who could defend point guards and beverly's going to give them that he's also fine to play off the ball while russell does a lot of the playmaking and ball handling and creation and those kind of things so i think he makes a lot of sense for them there's no salary commitment there beyond this year for minnesota so why not i think they did okay with bringing in Beverly and Prince, considering they had very little flexibility to do much at all this offseason. I don't know how many people realize they were like right at the tax mm-hmm. at the start of the offseason. It was, it was not a great situation for them, all things considered, for how bad of a team they've been over the years. So then I think on the Memphis side, we get to see how they even do this trade because they're already at 20 players after the Bledsoe trade because they took in three for one. So they're going to have to waive somebody to complete this trade Rondo. first. Uh, we Yeah, it might be Rajon Rondo. It very well could be. Uh, the easy one to do would be Eves Pons, who's yeah. on a Exhibit 10 because you could waive him and then just re-sign him to that same deal right after you complete the trade. Uh, but then now – no matter what, they're still going to be basically in the same position where somebody's got to go and isn't going to be able to stick on that roster long term. They've got to cut at least a couple guys. So, well, we'll see. I'm not fully sold. Jarek Culver sticks there because they've already got a lot of guards on that team. And, you know, let's see what happens with him. I think Hernan Gomez is a nice get for them for kind of for free in a sense. Yeah. I think, you know, another guy gives them a little bit of a – Size up front, another front court player who can do a little bit of stuff. So I, I, I like it for Memphis. I like it for Minnesota. I, I think it's one of those ones where it's, uh, all right, let's just keep kind of churning guys through who are necessary part of the future for the Grizzlies. And for Minnesota, let's see if we can hit because we know the Wolves. 
I know that they're going to make it, but they want to be a playoff contender this year for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, they're at a they're in a spot, Minnesota, from their perspective, where they kind of have to make a push right now because if not, the the cries for towns to say something or do something yeah. are just going to grow louder and louder. That drum's just going to keep beating, right? So it's going to yeah. be important for them to make real progress here. And Patrick Beverly, I think, can help them do that, both in terms of personality, in terms of kind of having that kind of defensive. Uh, mentality that has to come into a team in order for them to really make a, a big leap. Uh, we know defensively they weren't great. Uh, in addition to just look, showing him, hey, look, look, Cat, we're going to do what we can to bring in veterans to help you out. And even though Patrick Beverly, yeah. does he move the needle a ton? I don't know, but it, at least it's a, a step towards, uh, you know, what playoff contention here for them. Yeah, this is the middle year of that five-year extension yeah. for Cat, and he's got two years left uh, on it. No options, because remember when he signed, uh, that was during that period that teams weren't doing the player option thing. Now that's come back into vogue with guys like Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Luka Doncic. The the top end guys are now getting those again, but but Cat didn't get one, so he's got uh, two more years past this one, and yeah, that would be. Very, very interesting if he really came on the market because I think then we would start to see how much our team's willing to pay for size. Uh, Speaking of paying for size, yeah, let's do it. To to that, these are professional. I love that transition right right there. So look at us, (laughs) yeah, like like it was all planned and didn't come to me in the moment. Um, Ben uh, Joel Embiid. we already talked about Ben Simmons, but Joel Embiid getting paid uh, gets a four-year max extension. Mm-hmm. As of right now, the 2023-2024 cap projects to be about $24.9 million or so, almost $25 million. So Embiid, because he's already qualified because of his, uh, his all-NBA status mm-hmm. and those things, he is super max eligible. So he will be in the super max tier of $43.7 million first year salary a uh, total commitment over the life of the four-year deal almost 196 million dollars through 2026 27 player option on that final year no protections this time around if if, if you right, the injury maybe stuff. remember last time they did all sorts of funky stuff in there to protect them uh from uh, back injuries foot and i think knee uh were all part of the protections philly could have done he had to play in so many games and play minute meet minutes mm-hmm. thresholds and all that clearly he did and his contract became fully guaranteed but philly locked into the big man for the foreseeable future for at least the next five seasons potentially six and it makes sense he was a legit mvp candidate this season i think you could have made an made an argument for him to win it and uh look i mean it was probably a situation where they just said look what do you want what kind of contract do you want here it is take it right like he's he's hit that tier of player so i mean good move for for philadelphia to get him locked up get that set and now they move forward building around him and figure out whatever you're going to do with uh with ben simmons from here yeah he's the best two-way center in the league Mm -hmm. Uh, Jokic is the best offensive center. Gobert's the best defensive center, and Bead's the best offense and defense yep. center in the league. I don't, I don't know anybody who can reasonably argue against that. I would, you know, I would love to have that conversation because I just, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna vehemently disagree. Um, but yeah, I think he is, you know, we're right up there, and and it's scary <laughs> given his injury history mm-hmm. to lock in for you know this much money you know 47 million average annual value or so or 49 million i guess it is but 
it's kind of what you have to do yep. if you're at this point. It's like you're gonna tur- turn them away and let them go. Uh, let let them go hit free agency in a couple years or anything like that. And yet another sign of players coming off the market early and not going into free agency by signing extensions. Now, this one's two years early. He would have been a free agent in 2023, but we get another guy came off the board from 2022 free agency. Uh, Let's head a little further north to Boston. Marcus Smart signed a uh, four-year contract extension worth $77 million uh, for him, just over $77 million, started $17.2 million, and – no options in his deal, but it sounds like he will have a uh, trade bonus in there, which will bump him. If he's been mentioned in trades since the day he got to Boston, right. he'll continue to be mentioned in trades. Uh, but yeah, the Celtics are uh, planning to uh, dip into what could have been pretty close to max cap space uh, next summer in 2022. Uh, it was always highly unlikely because it would have meant wiping the, the decks clear mm-hmm. of everything but Tatum and Brown, essentially. But they they like Marcus Smart, or as as uh, Brad Stevens once said, we love and trust him. Uh, so it's they're they're going to do everything they can to keep keep him uh, in Boston. I think this should at least for the, this year and next year kill off the trade stuff um, because it won't happen. One note too, and I promise I'll shut up then in a second. Uh, Smart is uh, not trade eligible until about mid January mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's normally a six month restriction. We're still working under the uh, adjusted calendar dates and mappings and stuff just because of the off season getting started later. So it'll be mid-January that he'll be trade eligible. Right, right. Okay. So I guess the – I want to get into the smart piece of this, right? I want to get into to what sure. this means for his deal. But first, because I know everybody's asking this question, what does this mean for Brad DeBeal, right? And in my mind, it doesn't change anything because if he's really on the market next offseason, if he's really available and you can go get him, you're still going to make those those moves. You're going to do what you need to do in order to free up the space. Yep. You're going to do – you're going to move mountains to make it happen. So I don't think this is a sign that the Celtics are just out on Bradley Beal, but I want to get your take on on that, Keith, since you are you know the Celtics guy here. Yeah, I I don't think it changes anything really. I'm in the same place with you. If they were going to get Beal or Zach Levine or really yeah. anybody in that kind of realm of a player, it was always most likely to be through the sign and trade avenue, just because wiping the decks clear. So. I don't think people fully grasp with the rookie scale team options that they have to be picked up a year in advance. So it's October 31st of this season that the Celtics have to exercise team options for guys like Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, and Grant Williams. And that's, uh, you know, three, three quarters of those guys are making up what might be the summer league champions by the time uh, we talk tomorrow uh, after yeah, they, uh, you know, play the Kings for the title. And that, that's it. it we, let's know right now that counts as banner 18. They are back <laughs> ahead of the Lakers if they win this one. <laughs> so, well, hey, the Lakers have uh, won for two years ago. No, then too. I don't care about that. It didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new tournament. Alonzo year, come on. For summer league. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, summer league titles don't count. We don't <laughs> celebrate those. <laughs> it's uh, Quite frankly, I think under the old tournament structure, most teams would have preferred to be out early yes. and not have to even play those yeah. extra games. At least this year, it's just everybody played the same amount of games. But 
to go back to that point is you have to pick up those team options a year in advance and they weren't going to decline those team options on the hopes mm-hmm. of maybe we can convince a max reagent to sign with us a year from now right. that that wasn't going to happen so it was always going to be via sign and trade this isn't going to change anything on that front with with marcus smart being there at 17 million next year that's a perfectly reasonable number for him, what he is. Even the years after that, it's all fine. He's He still remains arguably the best defensive guard in the game. Uh, if not, he's right up near the top of that list. Uh, his shooting comes and goes, uh, but his playmaking is actually pretty good. When they've put the ball in his hands, which Ime Udoka has said they're going to do this year, uh, they, they – um, they, he's good. He actually functions much better than when he becomes a softball guy. Cause I feel like he, when he's off ball, he feels like he's got to be involved in the offense by getting shots up and the ball comes his way a little later in the, the clock. He's a guy kind of setting the offense and opening things up. It just functions a lot better. And I think that's the plan uh, for them going forward. And I'm perfectly fine with this because I don't think it changes much uh, of the short or long, long-term long uh, team building structure for the Celtics or for Smart. Yeah, my initial reaction was, ooh, that feels like a bit much for Marcus Smart. But then when you really look at what he does for that team, it makes sense. It yeah. makes if, if it is an yeah. overpay, it's not a massive one. It's not major. It's not like it's going to turn it into a negative value contract or anything like that. Yeah. So I think it's fine for the, for the Celtics and good to get him locked up. Now you've got some certainty in that locker room and that certainly – uh, helps as well. Um, Marcus Smart. Though. I'm with you oh, yeah. on one, one thing on that. I'm with you. It probably is a touch too high. You, you'd probably rather have it be in the, you know, in the 15 to exactly. 16 range versus the 17, 18 range. Uh, but this is a classic means more to us than he does to anybody else mm-hmm. kind, kind of signing. So I, I, I'm with you on that. But it's the important thing is it's not 20 to 25. Two million, which then that starts to be like, uh, what are we doing here? This is a little rough. And had he gotten a free agency, you could have seen it quickly turn into something like that. If all of Boston's other plans kind of fell through, right. then it might have been, all right, well, now we have to keep Marcus Smart. And then you're bidding, truly bidding against other teams. We're here, you're bidding against Smart and his hopes against yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I totally get the gamble for the Celtics, and it definitely makes sense from that perspective. Uh, not the only guard, though, to get a new deal. Finally, Josh Hart. We have something resolved there. We know what's going to happen with him. Signs a new deal with the Pelicans. Three years, $37 million. Uh, This is we've been waiting on this, right? I mean, Mar- uh, Josh Hart yeah. was restricted, wasn't getting offers because he was restricted. And so we weren't sure where this was going to go. But I mean, I like this deal for him a lot. I what do you what do you think from the Pelicans' perspective? And you've got some info on on exactly what yeah. this deal looks like. So this may change my opinion on this, Keith. What what does this deal really look like when it comes in? Hey guys, and just so you know, I haven't told Trevor this yet, so we, he's going to learn so this. This is new, uh, right here live on the show. Um, this deal is going to be front loaded. Okay. In the first year, the second year is going to be non guaranteed. And then the third year is going to be both non-guaranteed, but also a player option. So it's almost wow. like both sides are kind of protected here. Yeah. If uh, if that, that second year is, it has to be non-guaranteed because you can't have a non-guaranteed third year with the, the prior year. It just, it, it would have got a little messy to to do that with the option stuff in there. But yeah, it's, it's as close to, in Major League Baseball, they have what are called mutual options mm-hmm. where either the player or the team can, can decide to, to go different ways. And, um, 
this is Hart could still opt in for that third year, and then the Pelicans could turn right around and say, great, we waive you, um, and you move on if that's the direction they want to go. So, yeah, so he's going to get paid up front. Um, this may end up turning into only a one-year deal. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, it's going to have a really kind of funky structure to it. So good on the Pelicans and Josh Hart for kind of taking lemons and making lemonade here with two two a team and a player who were kind of stuck in a tricky spot now. Okay. Completely changes my opinion of this because I went, okay, from the Pelicans perspective, maybe this is a bit much here for, for Josh Hart. You're going above the mid-level exception for him. Uh, a player I like a lot. Obviously, I mean, for a Laker, we've got mm-hmm. to see up close out and how good he really can be. But, uh, but this is, the structure is so fascinating. And so I guess it, it's sort of creative really the way they put it together. Yeah. And uh, and so I like it. I like that it, it, you've got some protection for the team. If things just don't work out this season, it's only a one-year deal. And we've always said one-year deals doesn't really matter that much what the dollar amount is. So if we're looking at it from that perspective, yep. the team is completely protected there. If he really hits and things continue to work with him, you keep him on for that uh, third year. And then maybe you know either side could decide that they want to want to walk away or whatever. So I like this a lot. Um, this makes a lot more sense than just a straight up three year, $37 million deal to me, at least from the Pelicans perspective. Yeah. I also think too, I've had a couple people say they have so many guards because yeah. now remember they added Devonte Graham and Tomas Sadoransky, uh, this off season. They also still have Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kira Lewis Jr., but don't think of him as a guard anymore. He's not that. He's really a wing, yeah. a full wing. He plays more at the three than he does anything else for this team. Because he uses his size so well, he can really defend uh, everybody but the biggest of fours and, and then true centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anybody else, he's fine against. He can really hold his own. And he is a very, very, very good rebounder for his size. Yeah. He may be uh, right up there near the top of the list for best rebounders at his size. Yeah. He just he, he is uh, really good. So that that's not a concern at all for me. You, you've got now pretty good roster balance, I think, on this team. I think it, it may not look great and they're probably going to be in the fight in the play-in to be in the playoffs in the West. But but I think they, they achieved some some good stuff this offseason as far as uh, cleaning things up a little bit, giving themselves a little bit more flexibility and and uh, also adding some talent in, into that team. So I, I, I like this this uh, decision for them. And now uh, Laurie Markin and the, the cheese stands alone. Yep. He's the last one hanging out there of kind of the, the major restricted free agents. And we'll see. And that one doesn't seem like it's going to resolve anytime soon. That that could be one that drags on for another couple weeks and then just ultimately ends in him uh, going uh, the qualifying offer route. And it's funny because we'll move on to our next topic. Uh, Celtics fans are immediately like, can the Celtics get Lori Markinen in a sign and trade? And what got them all excited was the Celtics did a sign and trade right. today of Evan Fournier. So Evan Fournier, as we all know, is going to the New York Knicks. He still is going to the New York Knicks, but he's going there uh, via sign and trade, which for the Celtics, much like Gordon Hayward a, a, a year ago, an offseason ago, uh, was a sign and trade. It's going to be the same thing. This time around, Boston will create a $17.1 million trade exception uh, in this deal, and they are going to get cash back from the Knicks, my guess, is the minimal possibly consent, which is like 700000 or something. And then they are going to send two second-round picks to the Knicks, but one of them is not really a real 
second rounder. It was a top 55 that they got from the Hornets okay. to, to do the uh, Hayward deal. So it's really one second round pick goes to the Knicks to do what the Knicks were going to do anyway. So good on their part. Yeah. They pick up an extra real pick. And the uh, Celtics create a $17 million trade exception. So they now have a $17 million one. They have a $9.7 million one and a $5 million one. So no, you can't combine them all together. <laughs> no, acquiring a player via a trade exception does not create make you hard capped. No, it doesn't make you hard capped to sign and trade a player out. Shouts to our buddy Eric Pincus. I know he's probably got cold chills right That's now. Right. Just he's saying it in his sleep. Speak now. these words <laughs> exactly. Um, but it is uh, it, you would get hard capped if they sign and traded for marketing in this case, if, if that was the direction it would go. So I don't expect that to be anything that happens because there's also base year compensation rules there. It just gets very complicated to do a trade like that. Um, a boss would have to send enough out to stay under the hard cap. Not impossible. They, they could do it. It's just not highly likely. So, so yeah, so the Celtics were a guy they were going to lose for nothing, we get to have the trade exception conversation all over again for another year. And it, it makes, it makes sense. I love it when deals like this come together because it's the type of situation where from the Knicks, it doesn't change anything for them. They still get the player yep. and now they get a second rounder for free, basically for doing nothing, but just yep. playing along. Right. And then the Celtics exactly. are able to get something for the player as well. And that's the trade exception, which the trade exception could be nothing. It could be that no one pops on the market that they want to use the trade exception on, or it could be something that ends up being, valuable for them it just depends on how things play out over the next year but the bottom line is they get something for the player and so i like i like the scenario for both teams i like them things like that come together because you hate to see a player walk away and the team get nothing and i think the price to pay well for the knicks a second rounder is hey we got something that we weren't going to get previously great but for the celtics it's certainly worth that price just to generate that trade exception and create the possibility that something good could come down the road from losing this player. So it's it's a yep. win-win. And given their history, they've shown that they will use yes. uh, trade exceptions. They did last year. That's how they got Fournier in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then they used the rest of it to get Josh Richardson. So yeah, as long as you use them, they're good. And before anybody asks, because I know we're going to get a lot of Laker fans on this video, the reason the Dennis Schroeder one couldn't be a sign-and-trade was, one, a sign-and-trade contract has to be for a minimum of three seasons. Schroeder did not want that, and it would have hard-capped the Celtics to acquire Schroeder via sign-and-trade. Also, Schroeder signed going into a signing exception, not a trade exception, so that also would not have been possible in that situation either. So so don't. But before we start saying, why did the Lakers lose Schroeder for nothing, they, they really didn't have a choice at yeah. that point. And there was no one out there offering – anything that could have been workable because i've seen some people kind of beating up on rob palenka for that just saying you know we lost this guy for nothing if you want to beat up on him for why didn't you beat that offer and resign him that's a whole other conversation we could have but uh they they there was never going to be a shrewder sign and trade once he was down to less than mid-level uh money yeah absolutely and that's that's just it's just the mechanics of the way everything works, where it wasn't you weren't yep. going to get that for for him. Now maybe you could talk why wasn't there one for Alex Caruso, right? You can get into some some other things, right? But can't be mad about the Dennis Schroeder situation for sure. Exactly, um, Keith. That's a lot for for mid August. It's a lot. We got a couple of small things. Let's let's hit the small ones too. Just 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 for completionist's sure. sake. Um, uh, 
Herb Jones signed a fully guaranteed three-year deal uh, with the the uh, Pelicans. Mm-hmm. So, or at least two years are guaranteed. Maybe the third year's non uh, there, but uh, he's he was one of their second-round picks. Really showed up as a defender, uh, which was expected in summer league. So another uh, winglet size. Luca Garza uh, last year's kind of oh, yeah. caught. I think he might have been the NCAA player Looked of the year. Good at summer league. Uh, he. Yeah, he's uh, going to the Pistons on a two-way. Uh, Kessler Edwards going to the Nets on a two-way. Joe Weiskamp, uh, another, uh, I believe he was Garza's teammate at Iowa. Uh, he's going to sign a two-way with the Spurs. Uh, so we're starting to see the two-way spots fill up. I think 35 or 36 of them are full of the 62-way spots around the league. So those are starting to fill up as well. Uh, we'll see all those teams that are going to fill fill them will fill them within the next couple of weeks uh here and then um uh pascal siakam uh news came out uh, i believe it was sam amick had the report um he wants to stay with the raptors does not want to be traded anywhere so no real surprise there that's yeah. kind of been his his uh, nba home on that one and then um Jalen Green <laughs> threw a little bit of shade at the uh, city of Detroit about uh, he wanted to go number one, but he didn't want to go to Detroit and then uh, said some not nice things. So he will not get a warm welcome uh, the first time the Rockets play at the Pistons uh, next season. No, he will not. But I love it. Bring the drama. Let's do it. <laughs> That's it. And Christmas Day games are starting That's to come right. out. We're starting to hear Lakers, rumors Nets. of that. Uh, it sounds like the full schedule may be on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Dave, if you pop into your guide on your uh, t- television provider of choice and go to NBA TV Friday evening, there is a, a special schedule that Ooh. just says special. And uh, I don't know what else it would be other than let's let's uh, talk about the schedule. So, so yeah, so we're, we're going to get at 3 p.m. Eastern today. You'll probably have heard this by then. Uh, but the first week's uh, national TV schedule as well as the um, the uh, Christmas Day games. So uh, pretty cool. And then we'll get to see the MLK Day games as that's mm-hmm. become a really fun day in the NBA calendar. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be here before we know it. And if this league is sending us any messages, they're not going to slow down all the way right up to training camp nope they they definitely are not but again we love it we love being right here for all of you breaking everything down so make sure you do subscribe right here to the nba front office youtube channel don't forget to turn on those notifications and of course like this video Till next time everybody stay safe and see you